Welcome to Chasing the Upside, conversations about living the FPL life. Mira Pankhania, welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, early hours of morning over here in Australia. So yeah, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, you need to be um, very much admired. It's 7am where you are, 9pm where I am. So yeah, I got the good end of the deal, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm an early riser, so I really didn't mind. Good stuff. Well, thank you for joining me. So I'd like to um, begin where it began for you uh, and FPL. So what is your FPL origin story? Oh, gosh. Um, so I'm really late to the party with FPL. Um, I didn't actually start playing until about three years ago. So this is my third season of playing. And I had come across FPL previously. So um, born and brought up in the UK, huge, huge football fan. I think, you know, anyone who's brought up in the UK, it's hard to avoid uh, football and, and everything that sort of comes with it as well. So I used to play a lot of football, you know, as a kid as well. And, and my dad used to take me, you know, take me to the matches as well and, and attend my matches. So, yeah, it was really nice to kind of have that. Uh, positive kind of you know upbringing um, from a you know sporting sort of perspective as well um, so I was aware of FPL as I was growing up um, in the UK however um, it didn't really sort of take um, take my fancy in terms of like playing it at the time and I think it was because it felt like it was too hard and, and there was you know other things going on so I just didn't really subscribe to it I knew a couple of like my um, my mates and in, um, in like uh, school and college that were playing it as well and yeah, again, I didn't really sort of, you know, um, want to get involved too much into it. Um, I had to travel during the pandemic, though, in, in 2021. And so that was that was pretty tough because it was hard to leave the country at the time. And, you know, I managed to make it over to to the UK and the Euros were on. And so I got swept up into the Euros massively, England, all of it, the whole sort of, you know, um, the whole shebang that surrounds being in, you know, like a, a cup, basically. Um, anyway, so my family at the time were like, Hey, so we're starting a family league for, for FPL. And I was like, okay, remind me what is the current version of FPL? So it sort of like hit my radar, maybe for the, like, like the third or fourth time in, in sort of the time that I've kind of been, um, you know, following football anyway. And so, yeah, I downloaded the app and, and I think it was quite literally a day before I was traveling back to the, um, the, to Australia where the deadline was. And so I pretty much very quickly had a look at some stats, um, and stuff that was available to me from the, the fantasy football, you know, website itself and picked a team. And, uh, yeah, that's how I, how I got started. Um, I had to have two weeks of hotel quarantine over here in Australia and so those two weeks were the perfect time to get stuck into watching some of the matches because obviously I was in hotel quarantine um, for the first game week and um, and learn about FPL. So this was around the time I had no idea how to play the game. And I was, yeah, I was playing chips left, right and center, not really thinking about a strategy or anything like that. None, none of those things came to mind. But uh, I had two weeks to learn, and that's when I started consuming some content and seeing what was out there. Hadn't even joined FPL Twitter, didn't know it existed. <laughs> I was such a, a such a newbie to it. Um, but it was probably the time that I learned the most as well, like very quickly in in the, in the space of about two to three weeks. So having some of that downtime in hotel quarantine definitely helped. <laughs> so, so those two weeks, then you were coming at the game very 
well very fresh so i presume the word template wasn't even a word that you knew no that you were just picking players that must have been quite looking back quite freeing actually it was it was actually great um i had no idea you know what a template team could look like either and so you know based on um, the players that i knew so i was a little bit biased you know as well like i'm fully aware of whenever i'm biased with liverpool players especially and so I, I had Salah in the team. I had Trent Alexander-Arnold in the team. And I think um, up front, I can't remember. Um, maybe I had, I, I'm pretty sure I had like three Liverpool players, basically. Maybe it was Robertson at the back or something like that. But no, template picks wasn't something that I was aware of. Um, I wasn't aware of a lot of the terminology either. In fact, I had to Google, you know, um, FPL terminology and see, and I found a glossary on one of the websites and, um, so useful you know there's not many not many websites out there now where they've got that sort of glossary type of information for complete newbies that are sort of understanding the sport um you know a little bit well understanding the game within the game and so yeah it's uh it was very new yeah very new that's an interesting way to put it the game within the game because i think that's that's something that i realized that and the beautiful thing about the game is you can, if you don't want to consume any content, you can literally rock up at half 11 on a Saturday, um, spend 30 seconds looking at who's injured and bring whoever's at the top of the points who are in and then call it good and then forget about it and then just enjoy the Saturday afternoon. Or you can take it a step further um, and put a bit of thoughts into it or you can take it a bit a step further and look into the data consume content and then there's this whole sort of community around it and that the sort of the, the tears of it i think is 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 brilliant and the moment i realized that i thought god this is this is so much more than than i ever thought was out there which was quite exciting i thought yeah and for someone like me who works in um uh with a lot of data whether it's a qualitative or quant data um we do a lot of you know evidence based um you know delivery and and design and digital kind of you know work and so with that you know data is really important and so my natural tendency is to look at data what is the data telling us whether it's again quant or qual, or qual data and so, you know, for me, the qual data is actually doing the eye test and, and looking at what, you know, some of the um, how they're playing as a team, has a, how is a an individual player playing and then playing as part of, you know, being in the team itself and then looking at some of the underlying stats and then trying to sort of project, you know, from there as well. So my natural tendency is to look at data. And so I had to actually push that out of my system a little bit more because, Data isn't everything. And that's something that I've learned over the last you know, couple of seasons. It wasn't something that I realized in my first season. Um, but um, because my natural tendency was to look at the data, data was my the, the, the go to as a complete newbie approaching the game. Where, where do you I mean, you're probably a really good person to ask on this because you are so involved with data in your you know day to day job. Where do you think data falls down in a fpl where yeah where does it lack um i think a lot of it comes down to you know i mean um data is um it's pretty smart now like i think um in the past it, it perhaps wasn't where 
you know, you've got underlying stats and we say sort of underlying stats, you know, we look at things like, uh, okay, the, the last couple of seasons or how players have been playing and, and some of those stats are then sort of reflected in, in whatever charts and data are available to us. And there's so many websites that have that information now. And I think, you know, from that from that point of view, the data is really useful as a bit of a heat map, you know, of um, these players are probably going to be fantastic with the um, very easy fixture run that is coming up. And uh, with the combination of players that they are playing with as well, um, there's there's a high probability or high chance that, you know, certain players are going to do well or be able to, you know, bang in a, a, a goal or an assist or whatever that might be. Where it falls over is just the contextual sort of environmental sort of aspects of what's happening as well. So we can predict some of these things, um, you know, even now, um, if there's an early kickoff and there's been an international break, there's, you know, there's players, especially the South American players where they're a lot further away or, you know, whether they've come over here in, in Australia as well. I think in the past there's been, you know, a couple of those scenarios as well. And so you can preempt some of these things and wonder that, okay, well, yeah, it's possible that these players will get back and they're going to be jet lagged and they're going to be exhausted. And I'm pretty sure there was someone in the community who was tracking someone's plane as well at some point. It was insane. I was like, wow, this is like pure dedication there. But then, you know, I've got a flight tracker on my app as well, on my, on my phone as well. So I was like, I wonder if I can do this as well. And I was like, no, 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 Mira, you're taking it a step too far there. But um, there's there's a whole bunch of environmental sort of aspects that comes with it, psychological aspects that come, you know, as part of that as well. Um, and I think, you know, data is really useful, you know, from that point of view. However, it's not the be all and end all of the decision making process that you should be using. And so, you know, it's the same in, in the type of work that I do as well. Like we use a lot of data to support um I guess forming an understanding of um, the the users or you know customers that we're designing services for or designing products for, and it's a similar sort of you know idea as well that yeah gives you a bit of contextual understanding of what's going on and you know as a whole that individual, but then you know as a as a team and then how that individual might be sort of feeling, thinking, going on. You know um, this is where like I think um, everyone puts the label of variance on there. However, you know I I don't really like looking at it as as sort of variance as such. I I prefer looking at it as well, that person, that player just had an off day and, you know, something like they got injured or someone got a red card and therefore that player had to come off, you know, come off the come off the pitch. And um, so I wouldn't say that data sort of falls over as such. I think data is there as a factual means to for us to sort of then interpret and do something with that. So I think this is where there is a bit of a fine line between um, uh, this is the data and there's lots of content creators out there that take data, very complex data, and present it in a very beautiful format and explain it in a very you know nice and kind of um, consumable way. And I think based on that, there is a fine line between you should go for, when someone says you should go for this player based on this data or where they just say, OK, this is this is what the data suggests. And then let that sort of, you know, person make a decision based on the data that's there in front of them. And therefore, you own that decision as well. So I think there's a bit of a, a fine line or gray sort of area where, you know, data is data is supposed to be there as factual information for you to do something with. I'm glad I asked that question because you summed that up perfectly. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell you do that day in, day out. Yeah. Um, and you even got, if anything explains the madness of the FBL community, it's <laughs> tracking players' flights. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, wild. 
that wild. Is, that is incredible. That is that is lovely. So what? So from the the three three or so years that you've you've been doing it, what do you enjoy the most about about playing the game? Um, I've got to say the community actually. Okay. Um, I've really enjoyed. Um, so when I got back to eventually when I got out of um, hotel quarantine, um, I was based. I was living in Canberra at the time. Canberra is a very small capital city of Australia. Um, I think there's only about five hundred thousand uh, people living there, so it's it's not massive, you know, at all. Uh, the, my first reaction was, I need to find more people to talk to about this game, you know, called FPL. And I didn't know many people. So I knew people that were following you know, the English English Premier League in general, but not many people that were, you know, playing playing FPL. And so that's when I discovered um, uh, the, the Twitter community. It was actually my brother-in-law who mentioned, hey, there's this massive, you know, Twitter FPL community. You might want to tap into that. You know, since then, fast forwarding to to where we are, you know, now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, um, you know, everyone's a bit of an integral member of that community as well. And we're running meetups and and doing things a bit more sort of casually and, and sort of regularly as well. And and it's so nice to just connect with a community that really enjoys playing, playing FPL and you can have very, you know, sort of deep conversations and very sort of light conversations about FPL and go and watch some of the games together as well. So I think for me, it's definitely been about the community and finding another hobby um, to 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 basically play. From I suppose from an outsider looking in, if if we're looking um, just at, at your your ranks, so it was a really solid season considering it was your first season and then you completely smashed it out of the park last season you were sort of two two thousand or something ridiculous was it yeah yeah um, it was a, yeah about two and a half k yeah two and a half about two and a half k yeah you know exactly <laughs> what um, so, <laughs> um and then and then this season it hasn't gone so well so i suppose the question is um, is this the first time in like over two years that you're questioning your decisions or you're not finding it as potentially as simple as um, you, you once did because you haven't sort of faced this before? Um, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. I I um, I do feel like I'm I'm questioning my decisions a lot more. And, um, you know, I found um, in my first season because I had pretty much done an auto pick type of thing and just changed, you know, a lot of my team around. And, you know, I, I finished um, in the top, I think it was 200 K or so. I think it was like one, 180, 190 or something like that. Um, I was really happy with that. But again, I don't really have a um, an understanding of what good could look like as well. So for someone who was playing, you know, like if you sort of work out what a benchmark is, what, what would my benchmark be for, for my first season? You know, I hadn't really thought about it. I didn't really set a goal for my first season. And so it was very much about, yeah, let me just go ahead and, and do whatever I can do and have a lot of fun in this season and learn along the way. And so finishing where I did was a, I thought, a good achievement. Um, in other people's perspectives, it was fantastic. And so for me, it was it was good. Other people thought it was great. And, and you know, of course, um, I, I have to take that in, in mind as well, because they've got more experience than I have in, in playing FPL. Last season, though, I feel like I was able to put in a lot more energy and time um, before I started the season. Um, so I was a little bit more prepared. Um, I didn't have any travel or anything like that to to sort of think about before the season started. So, you know, having like a decent first season, I was able to put a lot more energy into sort of, you know, preseason and, and having a look at what was going on in preseason as well. 
Um, however, like in terms of like the the pit, the team that I picked and um, where I ended up going, you know, this season especially, um, I don't know. It's um, it's one of those things where again, like if you ask me, is it good? Is it not good? I'm not too sure. It's one of those things where I had a really great start to the season last season. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to always have a great start. And it doesn't mean that I should aspire for, you know, a perfect start. And therefore, if I don't get a perfect start, I shouldn't carry on playing, right? It comes with other challenges as well when you don't do so well. And, and this goes for life and work and, you know, everything um, in between as well. So like for me, if something doesn't work, you experiment you change something, you make little micro adjustments in what you're doing and um, you try something different out. And so along the way, I did start questioning some of the decisions I was making. You know, I, I dropped Salah, you know, very earlier on um, in this season when I when I brought him in, I lost a little bit of patience there. And then, um, you know, my wildcard, I'm bringing him, him back in. And so, you know, this is where you sort of go, well, I'm not going to be stubborn about it. I didn't make a great decision there. I probably should have just held on to him. But in the same time, you can look at that objectively and go, well, I, I managed to spread the funds. And actually, um, you know, that did help me at the time as well. So I guess you do question yourself, you know, and you should question your decision making process. You should question the environmental sort of aspects when when you were making that decision as well. However, you know, this time round, um, I uh, I was in the UK when I, you know, when I picked my team, I'd gone to FPL meets as well in London on the on deadline day. And I was actually flying out back to Australia that same evening. And so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a crazy, crazy day and crazy week, in fact, you know, as I was preparing to head back to, to uh, Australia after two months abroad. Um, but um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of factors that sort of led to, you know, how I picked my team and the the template at this point that I was going towards as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely uncharted waters that I'm sort of, you know, navigating at the moment. But it's so exciting at the same time. So I'm looking at this as a as an opportunity to, you know, chase the upside, basically, and, and try and sort of, uh, you know, make up some of those um, points and, and gains in different ways, playing it in a slightly, you know, I wouldn't say a different way, but making adjustments where I can um, and experiment. And so, yeah, I'm a firm believer of, you know, experimentation. You know, you if it doesn't work once, you try again and you try again and you do it patiently and, you know, not sort of uh, chop and change too much as well. So not a different experiment every, you know, every game week. But, um, yeah, you chip away at it a little bit, you know, over time and, and hopefully some of those things will will come off. And because I detach myself from the outcome, like the from my first season, I've been very um, conscious about um, there. there's a bunch of decisions I'm making based on the data that's in front of me or um, any other information, eye tests and things like that that I'm, I'm making. But beyond that, the outcome is not in my control. If someone gets a red card, someone gets sent off, like any of those things that happen, that's beyond my control. But I can put my hand on my heart and say, I made the best possible decision based on what was there in front of me. And so that's my way of detaching myself from the outcome. And so when I watch the matches and, you know, my FPL team is not doing well, I'm like, well, okay. It's because it's a game within a game for me. And so, you know, having that detachment there is so important from an you know emotional um, perspective and, you know, from a mental health point of view as well. And I've seen people get sort of sucked into that. So, you know, when you're not having a good season, 
it's really important to be talking about it as well. Like I, you know, I started to make content in the worst season that I'm having in the, in the time that I've been playing. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's really important to do that. Like if we only share the good things, right, we, we're not sort of, you know, um, humanizing the aspect of like, um, you know, where things go wrong and how you deal with that as well, whether that's negatively or positively or whatever it may be. I think it's important to communicate that, whether it's highs or lows. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. Um, I mean, my season has got off to a pretty tragic start. Um, and, and the first, and you know, when, when you're just getting red arrow after red arrow, you think, oh, this is, this is just, this is no fun at all. But, but over the last sort of couple of weeks, and, and actually since I've been having these chats as well, I've sort of completely flipped it and reframed it essentially. And now I'm looking mm. at it as, so this is going to be a fun season because imagine if I can bring it back. Imagine like where exactly. I am now, which is like, I think three, I, I got a green arrow, so I think it's three and a half or something silly. But imagine if I get to, you know, a, a decent and then I can, all the learnings that you take and that's a much better story than, you know, um, getting in the top 10K for the first week and just grinding it out, you know. So that's it's, it. it's, it's an opportunity, that's it. isn't it? It's the, it takes, you know, it's definitely brought out the competitiveness in me where I'm like, well, you know what, but at the same time, like, you, you know, Ben, you mentioned that you're like three and a half mil. I'm, I'm around that as well at the moment. And um, instead of looking at it as how do I sort of gain um, a mil places or two mil places, you know, I'm looking at it as, you know, any step in the right direction is a good outcome and you should celebrate that as well so whether it's you know like my i think the green arrow i got between game week eight and, and sorry game week seven and game week eight was only about a hundred thousand places it's not much when you when you're three point something mil um but i was looking that looking at that as a i made progress there and that's really good and that's the that's the thing that you've got to focus on as well that you're making progress in the right direction yeah the again totally agree the last the last few weeks again so this is more more down to an attitude change than anything else because the game is exactly the same but whether you're on a red or green there's always going to be a moment in your game week where a player does something in your team that's great which gets you points mm. and it may and it may even not make too much difference to the points in terms of your overall game week rank or anything like that but those moments have to be celebrated because if you're just what I've realized is if you're just hanging everything on your game week 38 rank, um, you're not going to be very happy for the majority of the season and you're not going to enjoy the game. And I think the game is enjoying the game um, mm. and, and whatever, whatever that means on that weekend. So, you know, an assist from someone like, yes, you know, like, like celebrate that because you don't know when the next nice moment is going to come along. And I, I just feel like uh, it sounds so silly, but like a weight has been lifted in terms of the way I'm playing and the way I'm sort of enjoying it, to, no matter what rank. Um, obviously, talk to me in a few weeks, and if I'm 7 million, I'll maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll see how we go. But I, might been, be, has... I might be right up there with you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But it, yeah, it does. It does, it does um, yeah, the pressure seems to be a bit off, I think, if you think of it like that. I agree. Um, and I think that's helped me to keep that perspective, you know, and keep myself in check as well. And so, you know, because I've been treating it as a as a hobby and a, a game um, and not getting too sort of sucked into the outcome um, as well. And 
um, it's it's definitely helped me from a mental health point of view as well. I, I know that um, uh, it's it's had a like a huge impact on many people. I've seen like over the last couple of seasons where people have taken breaks from FPL Twitter, for example. You know, they've uh, posted a tweet saying I'm, I'm going offline for a couple of months or something. I'm having my my season is over. And I have to admit, I do sort of, you know, see those messages and think, oh, gosh, you know, that's that's really sad. Um, but at the same time, they need the support as well. So, you know, I've often sort of reached out to an individual where I've connected with online and said, hey, look, my DMs are open. Be great. Like, if you want to chat, I'm, you know, it would be great to chat. Um, I'm here if you, you know, you need to sort of get a different perspective or something like that. But um, it is tough. It is really tough. And I think... Um, even I've been sort of emotionally, um, you know, swept up into it as well. But um, yeah, it, it comes with uh, it comes with challenges. Well, it's an emotional game, isn't it? And and yeah, and and yes, people on the outside they obviously won't understand that, and that's fine. But it it does it, it hooks you in, uh, and and when and however much I mean, you said a few minutes ago, however much you try and detach yourself from those decisions, it's it's a game, um, and. Uh, and it, yeah, it can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster, can't it? Yeah, mm, I think actually yeah. I was speaking to um, Dan Davis, FPL Blackwolf, and we had a, a mm. and very very sort of wise chap, and he put a different spin on it on um, because it's very simple, I think, for people when people tweet out or you know share that they're having problems with their mental health um, mm. because of FPL. It's very simple to say, well you know, it shouldn't affect you that much. But that what he was saying is that for some people, you know, I, I'm incredibly lucky um, and lots of people are incredibly lucky that FPL is important, but it's not the most important thing. You've got friends, you've got family, you've got other hobbies, you know, to engage. But for some people, this game is is a lot. You know, this the, that, that red or green arrow really does affect because of their wider environment and their wider life so it's really it's it's kind of problematic to sort of say well it's only a game you know because for some people it's a bit more than than that i think absolutely absolutely and i think this is where like when um i have reached out to a few people you know um over over the last couple of seasons it's been you know because of that perspective because you know perhaps they don't have that much um um other things that are going on that are important to you but it may not be you know as important to them and that's the, that's the thing right um we can't project our perspective and our viewpoint on um on other people and you know assume that um my life my life is exactly what everyone else's life is going to be like and and so i think yeah it's a little bit naive to think that um you know if they, yeah it's it's yeah it's such an interesting interesting space like from a uh, especially from a mental health point of view, you know, because um, there's days where um, I've had a really hectic week or, you know, hectic day. And it's been so intense that, um, you know, sometimes you read something on um, online, whether it's on Twitter or other other sort of, you know, online sort of content consumption, and it could trigger you in different ways, right? And so, you know, it's it's it could be anything and it happens to the best of us as well. So we just don't know what's going on in other people's lives in general. Mm. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, so, Mira, we're coming. We're near near the end, near the end of our our conversation. But we've got two more two more questions. Um, and as I said before, rolling. And as I, I try and say on all these conversations, these podcasts, this these chats are all about celebrating the wonderful game that we're lucky to to play. So, with that in mind, 
Um, what is your favorite FPL moment? What is your champagne FPL moment? Oh, I love that you called it a champagne FPL moment because I think um, for me, um, the the champagne FPL moment was last season. Um, not because I had a good season last season, but um, I think there was a period where I had uh, basically... I wasn't watching matches, you know, I was traveling, you know, in between as well. There was, there was actually lots of periods of where I wasn't watching matches. I wasn't really able to follow data properly and I wasn't able to, you know, sort of make decisions. And that kind of, I guess, uh, reminded me that it's okay to not as well. And it's okay to, to not overthink things. It's okay to not consume too much content, that kind of stuff. Um, but the the champagne moment for me was uh, game week 26 last season, where um, I think uh, I everyone was trying to wildcard. I think everyone was looking at wildcarding, you know, the second wildcard uh, game week 26, around 25, 26, 27 sort of, you know, mark. And um, I had Salah in my team and I think I had a couple of other Liverpool players as well. You can see my Liverpool bias, you know, coming through ever so slightly um, again. But um they were playing um, Man United and uh, and they I think they had Bournemouth coming up sort of shortly after or something like that. And this was the, you know, the absolute smashing that Liverpool gave to Man United. And I remember seeing in my timeline on, on Twitter, it seemed like everyone in the community was wildcarding. And I knew I needed to wildcard because the fixtures were the swinging a little bit as well uh, in the upcoming game weeks. But um I decided against all sort of, you know, like um, all the conversations I was having, it was around, no, you should wildcard, just get the wildcard out of the way, wildcard in 26, wildcard in 26. And I didn't. And mostly because I wanted to hold on to to Salah, um, especially um, going into the the Bournemouth fixture. But also I was like, no, I think, you know, Liverpool could do really well against um, against Man United. And um, Salah picked up a, a brace and a and two assists in that uh, I think it was like 8-0, 7 7-0, 7-0, I think it was. Um, but yeah, that's definitely my champagne moment um, last season where I didn't wildcard. And I wildcarded shortly after that. I think it was game week 28. But I'm glad that I held off um, when everyone else, it felt like everyone else was not, you know, holding off and then they played it a little bit earlier. Yeah, that is, that's a perfect champagne moment, isn't it? Because yes, you've gone against people, um, and you've got it right. Yes, it's your own team, <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's in real life. Um, and you're watching it, so you're seeing it come in as well. So rather than notifications yeah. or you know searching for the score, so oh, amazing, love that one. Thank you. Yeah, it was so. I I'm pretty sure I woke up. Uh, um, I went back to bed and uh, woke up the next day. Had a couple of like client meetings, and I was like, you know what, sod this. I'm going to wear my Liverpool shirt. They're not going to have a clue what this is, what's going on here. They're just going to think, oh yeah, Mira's just super cash today for a Monday. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I uh, I rocked up wearing a Liverpool shirt, and no one had a had a clue, but I did. <laughs> you did. You did. That's amazing. Did. Yeah, you knew. Excellent. Okay, so just to round off um, the 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 chat, Mira, and once again, thank you so much for for joining me. It's been a really 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 nice conversation. Um, thank you. And um, all your details about your awesome YouTube channel will be in the show notes. Um, and anybody listening or watching this, really, um, I was watching some before I came on this. Actually, it's really it's a really nice channel. So yeah, anybody uh, listening. Uh, today so watching this absolutely check that out the final question is uh, the best piece of fpl advice you've ever received 
So this is going to be coming across a little bit ironic um, okay. because obviously I've gone on a, the the content sort of journey this season. Um, however, the best FPL advice that I've been given is not to consume too much content. And and this is where um, it's helped me immensely, you know, last season especially. Um, this season, I've sort of got a select kind of few that I, I sort of, uh, you know, um, I'll always go and watch, you know, as a regular sort of on a regular basis. But um, in my first season, I consumed so much content, like so many, you know, YouTubers that I was um, just watching um, day in, day out just because I was trying to learn the game, right? And so all of a sudden I, I did this like huge net of loads of absorption of of FPL to understand the game, understand the, the rules and, and sort of, you know, the nuances that come with playing it um, as well. And last season I dropped that down completely. So I went from one extreme to the other and uh, started focusing in on, you know, a few select content creators um, where possible and because it gave me something different as well so if i want something that's really stats stats heavy data driven stuff then i have a couple of content creators i would go for um to, towards you know um for for those things if i wanted um, a little bit more of that eye testy and and just kind of gut gut feels and x vibes basically then i've got a couple of content creators i like going to for that and there's there's a few that sort of do a little bit in between and most of the time i just like listening to sort of very very casual conversations that um, some of the content creators are having as well. So I went from something like 30 different um, content creators that I was like consuming in my first season to maybe now less than 10. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's really refreshing to do that and sort of, you know, trust a few that you can go to and, and sort of, you know, tap into it occasionally. Um, I find I found that that really helped me. But um, yeah, so the best bit of advice that I got um, was actually from um, FPL Planner, and uh, he's a uh, an Australian-based uh, um, uh, FPL manager and one of the first um, Australian FPL managers that I met in person as well, who's based in Canberra. And I've learned lots from him, you know, over over the last couple of seasons. And one, you know, he he often reminds me on a regular basis, actually, that you know, don't don't step away from that content, or step away from that uh, YouTube channel, or you know, step away from that, and just give yourself a break from it. And it's such a nice reminder. And so now I've got just a few that I listen to and regularly sort of tap into. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I created buckets, basically, you know, the fun content and then the data content and then the, you know, a little bit of everything content. Um, and it's made me a better FPL manager, I'd like to say. Yeah, I like that. Just being a bit more selective, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, Mira, thank you so much. Um, it's been a wonderful chat. Um, and have, I was going to say, have a lovely evening ahead, but have a lovely morning ahead because now it's now it's eight. Thank you, roughly. So yeah, have a have a lovely. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Ben, and really appreciate being um, on your channel and your podcast as well. Yeah, very very much appreciated. Thank you. 